everyone agrees, bacon makes everything better. Even marketing. This is the Bacon Podcast, where you'll learn to cure your marketing. And make your business. I can't believe I said that. Internet marketing. Online marketing. Social media tips and techniques. Now, to help you bring more bacon home, the master of marketing sizzle, Brian Basilico. This is the Bacon Podcast. Welcome, everybody. I'm your host, Brian Basilico, and this is the podcast where you learn to make your business sizzle online. So are you ready to fry up some new business? Hey, peeps, I've got a great guest, and I had the honor of being on her show actually last week, and I said, oh, man, that was such a great interview. i got to have you on mine. So I want to introduce you to somebody I really enjoyed speaking with and also somebody who's incredibly knowledgeable. Her name is Cloris Kiley, and she's a marketing person. She has an MBA. She works with coaches, speakers, consultants, a whole bunch of other people, but she's just a blast to talk to. So, Cloris, how are you doing today? Doing great, Brian. Excited to be here today. Thank you so much. And it's a pleasure to have you on. So what I like to do, because obviously a lot of my audience doesn't know you, um, is to get to know your origin story, how you started and how you got to be where you're at. So how did you go from being an industrial engineer to a calculus tutor (laughs) to a marketing (laughs) person? It sounds kind of like a zigzaggy kind of uh, career path. I know it does because it is, but you know, the the funny thing, Brian, is that if you think about it, most entrepreneurs have had something like that happen to them. And uh, it's interesting because all of those experiences kind of like come together to to make you who you are today. And that's the way I look at it. But uh, yes, I, I went to school for an engineering degree and I intended to do that. And when I was in school, I realized you know, I don't really want to be an engineer, and I'm about to graduate. I only had two semesters left. So I said my option then is just to go for my MBA in marketing because I loved marketing. I fell in love with it, and I saw it as my way to to go into something I loved. So did that, and then I worked for an insurance company for a few years in project management and marketing. And at some point at, at that company, I needed something different. So I left and uh, I just had you know, no job. I was in between jobs. And uh, one of my friends at the gym, actually, she said, you know, Cloris, you, you have this you know, really strong marketing background, not bad marketing, uh, math background. Why don't you help my daughter with calculus? She's having a hard time. And I said, yeah, sure, I'll do it. So I did it. And then the daughter did so well that my friend is like, oh, I really I really want to pay you for your time. And I'm going to tell all my friends. So soon after, I was helping all these students with their calculus. And uh, my friend, he should start a business. I said, yes, why not? You know, I have the, the, the knowledge. I have an MBA. I, I know how to start a business. So I did that. Grew that business, hired a group of tutors to support me. Uh, we expanded to standardized testing and uh, resume writing for college students. So it, it really grew, and I had that business for about 12 years. And uh, after those 12 years, I had a really rough time in my personal life, and I wanted to write a book. I wanted to write a book for uh, people who were going through that similar challenge, you know, losing their marriage and not knowing what to do. So wrote this book. Then I realized that the book wasn't going to sell itself. I actually had to market it and promote it. Uh, and that's when I became uh, so interested in digital marketing and promoting my book online. I went through the training and so forth. And uh, as I did that, 
I started my podcast, the podcast you were on, Brian, and I met so many fantastic people through that, authors and coaches, speakers, the people who were really changing the world. And uh, some of them actually, I thought, could do things a little better. So I found myself giving them advice, uh, showing them the latest thing I learned about digital marketing, and they were all very grateful and said, oh, so they would actually reach out to me and ask for advice. And that's when that new idea popped into my head. Well, you know, I love this. I love helping entrepreneurs. I'm just going to do this. This is going to be my new my new business. And here we are talking about marketing and uh, how to leverage connections to grow your business. That's an awesome story. So, and that's what we're here to talk about today is leveraging connections because um, I'm a huge networker. I actually, when I started out my business, I used to network 20 times a month and get out to meet people. And that really helped me build my business. But then I started to learn through social media um, how to leverage those connections online as well as in person. So I'd really love to hear from you how you started to use those connections to grow your marketing business. What kind of things uh, were your epiphanies and, and got you to, to start to really build upon that? Well, Brian, at the beginning, as I said, when I wanted to promote my book, I really had no idea how to do that, you know, and so I thought I would just kind of find find my own way and, and figure it out on my own. So I said, okay, I'm going to start a blog. I started a blog and I would write hours and hours every day. Then I just learned about social media and Facebook and Twitter. I signed up for every single social media platform you can imagine, and then I would post every single day. So I would spend hours doing that too. But of course, I wasn't getting any results. Uh, I was just kind of like this person, uh, you know, sending content uh, left and right, and not really having a strategy to do that, not really having anybody to collaborate with to do that. And uh, I, after I had a, an actual breakdown, I remember I, I woke up one day after working another 14 hour day and I just wanted to quit. I said, you know, I work so hard and I'm, I, I still don't have any clients. I'm not making any money and I don't know what's wrong. You know, I'm not selling more books. Something is wrong. And that's, that's when I actually had to take some time off. <laughs> so I went down to the ocean and I walked and walked. That day I walked about nine miles. I was just thinking about all this, this, this stuff as I, you know, looked at the, the waves and it was, it was a, that's when the epiphany came to me, actually, because I said I could quit or I could try to do something different uh, or differently so I can get different results. That's what I did. So I came back. I realized that I needed more training, the training that I had neglected uh, doing before. And as I did that training, I learned the importance of networking and connections and the most important thing is that you can actually leverage existing audiences to grow your own. Uh, so instead of pumping all these blog posts and put them on my site, I wrote for other sites, other sites that had, you know, hundreds of thousands or millions of readers, and then immediately saw results. People started to sign up for my list. People started to become interested in my online courses that I had created. Uh, then I created my online show, radio show. I started to connect with my guests who, as I said, were fantastic people who had audiences of their own. And back then my podcast was related to personal development. So once again, you know, I got all these people 
uh, knowing about me, joining my list. And that's when I realized, you know, the importance of this. And since then, I, I grew my, my reach, I grew my business in that way, and I've applied exactly the same strategy to grow this phase of my business, which is marketing and, uh, you know, digital marketing. And, and that's how I am what I am today. Because, you know, I didn't have a ton of money to spend on ads. I needed to find a way to build authority, uh, the easiest and the fastest way. And that's what it was. And since then, I've learned how to leverage those connections in the best possible way. Yeah. So that's the question. Let's talk about leverage. Um, because, you know, in meeting these people and getting together with them, ultimately, somehow you've got to turn that sphere of influence into paying clients. So how did you leverage the, the connections that you had into paying clients? There are different kinds of connections, and I've I've broken them down into different buckets. So let's say, for example, Brian, that I, I connect with you, and you have an audience of a captive audience who trusts you. So I said, okay, well, I'm going to be on a podcast. I'm speaking to this ideal audience of mine. What can I do to show them what I have to offer? So number one, of course, offer as much value as possible during your interview on the podcast. Offer as much value as you can to the host, because that host, again, has that audience, and you can collaborate with them in the future. And then offer a targeted gift, a gift that people are actually interested in, so they can go and download it. And uh, to do that, then they have to give you their email address. So once they, you can communicate with them uh, you know, via email, then of course you can convert them into clients. So that's just one example, leveraging podcasts. Same, something similar actually happens with guest posts. When I connected with Lori Deshen from Tiny Buddha, um, you know, I had never met her before. I just read her submission guidelines and submitted my best article that I could think of uh, based on what she had on the site and what I thought was missing. And uh, instead of just saying, okay, here's my article, thank you. You know, I really connected with Lori and we, we continued that relationship. Uh, she published a book and made sure to support her uh, by promoting her book with my own audience, uh, by letting her know that I was there for her, providing a review for the book. Uh, so then, of course, she published most more of my articles and all those articles had a gift associated with them. So again, people could go uh, download the, the gift and then become part of my subscribers or my list of subscribers. So again, if you have, if you deliver value to the host or the leader of that platform, and it doesn't have to be a, a blog post or a podcast, it could be a small group, it could be a meetup group that you meet that person and then you create a relationship with them and then after you have built that relationship, you say, hey, you know, I'd love to give a presentation to the group and show my expertise. And then at the end of that presentation, you give a call to action. Hey, you know, I have the slides of the presentation. Uh, if you like, I can send them to you, but I need your email. You know, the, you, you have to be creative, but also thinking, you know, how can I deliver value, number one? Number two, is there a call to action I'm going to have? And what is the strategy behind my message, behind the you know, call to action, and what's next? What do I want people to do next? So once you're ready, once you're prepared, uh, then things start to happen. Yeah, and a lot of people do, um, you know, lead magnets, freemiums, giveaways, all that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, me personally, and I know a bunch of people have been a part of, like, mass giveaways and all that kind of stuff. And you get a lot of people who 
love the free stuff. And I've actually had one guy say, um, why the heck am I getting this email? You know, when I emailed him something further, you know, when I did an autoresponder, you know, sent him my future podcasts and, and blogs and stuff like that. And a lot of times these people just take the gift and run. Um, mm. How do you manage uh, building that list and keep providing enough value to these people so that they, you know, the ones that really are going to do business with you, because it's it's usually a percentage. Uh, sometimes it's a, a decent percentage. Sometimes it's a very small percentage. But how do you how do you keep them engaged? What do you do to make sure that the value they receive continues on and they respond to you in a very positive way? You 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 bring up a really important point, Brian. And you know the first the first thing I want to clarify is that not every connection and every influencer is actually right for you. You have to make sure that uh, number one, their audience is exactly the audience you want to reach it has to match your ideal audience. Their values are the same as well. Because let's say, for example, that I connected with. Um, you know, somebody who has a completely different style, um, completely different, um, you know, way of being that, you know, when they hear me, uh, of course, they're not going to relate to me because they relate to that other person. So I will be wasting my time basically by uh, sharing my message with this audience. So the first thing is to make sure that the audience is actually perfect for you. And then that your offer is something that that audience really wants. Uh, when people want something, when they need it, they will be waiting for it. They will be expecting that gift. And yes, some people go and download the free gift and and they unsubscribe. I would say in my case, it's probably maybe close to not even 1% of the people. Um, just because I make sure when I when I give them a thank you page, they have downloaded my, my gift. I say, hey, you know, by the way, this is what I have for you next. So I tell them immediately what's coming next. I think people want to have a clear idea uh, you know of what you're going to offer to them from the first second they connect with you so if they enter their email address and all they see is a pdf then you have not created a relationship but if they see a thank you page with a video from you so they can see you they can hear your voice and then you say what's coming next and by the way i have a webinar coming up so i'd love for you to register and uh, your gift is in the mail, then at least to have a little bit more knowledge of who you are, you know, and and of course, you know, I think having an, uh, an influencer or a connection introduced you to them already warms them up a little bit. And that was my second uh, or third <laughs> piece of, of advice here. Like you really have to have a compelling introduction for the person who's going to to be presenting your message to their audience. It's a funny story um, that Russell Brunson always tells. And he says that he was going to give this uh, speech and he knew that the person who was going to introduce him was, in his words, boring. Oh, he's so boring. He's not going to know how to really uh, rile up the crowd and you know make them excited about me. So I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to create a video. And he created this video um, about him and his success. He had Tony Robbins in the video. And he told the, the host or the, uh, the person who was going to introduce him, hey, don't introduce me. Just play this video. That's it. 
play the video. And the guy said, all right, I'll do that. And of course, he played this video, all that music blaring, and everybody cheering for him when he came out. And as a result of that, he that day, the same day, he sold a, a bunch of his high-ticket um, courses. But the introduction is essential. So it's important that you keep an open line of communication with your new connections and really tell them how you want to be introduced, because that will play a big role in the way people see you and they perceive you when they download your message or your free gift. And the one takeaway I take from all of this, and, and this is what we talked about on our podcast, is you're really about building that relationship with the end user. And again, you know, whether they subscribe, unsubscribe, if they unsubscribe, they're not going to buy from you anyways. But that personal welcome message and thank you, telling them what to expect and delivering on what you promise is exactly what you'd expect out of any relationship, right? That's right, yes. Uh, you know, you, you can't go for the sale right away. Uh, you, you have to really build this re relationship not only with uh, your subscribers, but with those influencers that have taken the time to to uh, connect you with their audience. And yes, as you grow that relationship, then you'll deliver even more value. The people who do not resonate with your message will leave, and that is normal and expected. And then those who are left will be the ones who really want what you have to offer. And uh, that doesn't mean that once you build that relationship, once you convert them into clients or customers, the work is over. No, it's just starting out because your most valuable connections are your clients and customers. And you have to be sure to continuously deliver new value and, and, and just new offers that they can use. And remember, those clients and customers you already have those are your mo the most likely people to buy from you again. So they, they should be number one always. So we've covered a lot of great stuff today. I really appreciate all your input and knowledge. But I know that you've got something more that you want to offer my audience so they can get their arms around this even a little bit better. What is that and can you tell us about it? Well, I actually love to share my influencer marketing guide, Brian, because what I did, I, I wanted to put together something quick that people could, ac could access to start applying this strategy right away. A way to start connecting with influential people to really leverage those connections. You know, how to reach out to them? How do you start? So I created this PDF guide and it has 15 of, of the ways I have used to connect with influential people. And uh, you can use that to create the connection and then nurture that connection to grow your business. So uh, yeah, I'm excited to share this. Um, you can find it at chloriskiley.com slash bacon, just for the listeners of the bacon podcast. Yum. And thank you for that link. That's outstanding. I'll make sure it makes it in the show notes. Hey, Cloris, you dropped some incredible knowledge bombs on my peeps, um, some really great content. And I, I really, I think they're going to get a lot out of it. So if they wanted to contact you, what is the best way for them to do that? Thank you, Brian. They can just go to chloriskiley.com. That's C-L-O-R-I-S-K-Y-L-I-E.com. And, you know, I'll, I'll be there. Any questions, I'm, I'm happy to answer them. Well, again, Cloris, it's been a pleasure. Um, thank you for having me on your podcast. It was a pleasure having you on mine. It was such a great interview. And I look forward to connecting face-to-face -face at a meeting sometime so that we can catch up and uh, kind of share notes. But uh, you've been a great guest, and I appreciate your time so much. Oh, I appreciate you, Brian. Thank you so much. 
Well, that's it for today's Bacon Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it and learned something today. If you did, please go to iTunes and give us a review. We appreciate all your feedback and comments. If you have any questions, go to www.baconpodcast.com forward slash questions, and we'll make sure we get those answered for you. Till next time, keep sizzling.